Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the BIH Show, once again offering an alternate view of life and the sport in this country. I'm Craig Anderson and we've got some more top stuff to look forward to in a week where quite a lot's actually happened. Cardiff Devils Managing Director Todd Kelman joins us to discuss life after Andrew Lord. After the news, the Devils coach was heading to the ECHL to join Greenville Swamp Rabbits. You can also hear some of my interview with Rabbits President Todd Mackin, who told us why Lord was the man for him. Dundee Stars Jordan County tells us all about his teammates as we take a peek behind the locker room door at the Dundee Ice Arena. And we've got another two Puck Masters for you this week to look forward to with Belfast Giants. Kieran Long and freelance broadcaster and host of the Cats Whiskers podcast John O'Bullard both testing their ice hockey knowledge but who will come out on top don't go anywhere keep listening as we start with part one of our news roundup and there's only one place to start with this week You're listening to the B.I.H. Show. B.I.H. From BritishIceHockey.co.uk. This is B.I.H. News. We start with what has been the biggest story of the week and the news that Andrew Lord has left the Cardiff Devils to take up a coaching role with Greenville Swamp Rabbits, the ECHL side, which was announced at a press conference on Friday. The Devils wave farewell to their most successful coach, who leaves after nine trophies in six years, two each in the league, the Challenge Cup and the playoffs, and three Erhard Conference titles. Lord first joined the club in 2013 as a player and was part of the side that failed to reach the playoffs that season, but by the next season there'd been a takeover and Lord was installed as player coach and move that led to six years of success. Coming up shortly we'll hear from Todd Kelman, the Devils Managing Director who joined us for the big interview, but we also managed to get a word with the 
Swamp Rabbit's president, Todd Mackin, about why Lord was the man for him, and it's fair to say Mackin was impressed. What he did um, was he, he put together uh, detailed preparation of uh, our team before I even had a conversation with him. Uh, he, he was telling me where our weaknesses were, where our strengths were, all the things that I saw uh, on paper. He, uh, he brought up the exact same things and even more. Uh, was even more detailed than I expected. So I went into it with being able to see his passion jump off the page. And I think that was important for me, uh, was that I went into it being like, this guy's impressive. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and then our conversation, I think, went really well. Um, you know, I think uh, our, our viewpoints aligned up really well. Uh, and, and I think that was something that was exciting for me. Uh, then, uh, you know, I had him talk with our ownership group, and they, they felt the same way which I thought was neat and, and, and certainly very important to the overall success. And I know he had that in Cardiff as well. Uh, you know, and then I had him talk with our affiliate, which I think is an important piece of the puzzle as well uh, to make sure that he has that growth opportunity. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've said uh, from day one being in this league is I want our head coach at the ECHL level to be an extension of the American League coaching staff. And when they are looking for a guy, they need to look no further than right down to us. And at the end of the day, uh, I wasn't sure that our previous coach was going to make it to the American League. I'm very sure that Andrew will have that opportunity. Like I said, he came highly recommended by guys I really trust in the sport of hockey. And, uh, and, and I think a lot of it showed with his grinding. I mean, he, he worked hard to get an opportunity over here. Uh, I know he missed out on some. And, uh, you know, their loss is our game. And I'm super excited that we got the opportunity to lock it down with him and get him over here because, uh, you know, I think the sky's the limit. The full interview with Todd Mackin is on the British Ice Hockey website, britishicehockey.co.uk. And you can hear the full interview now on all British Ice Hockey podcast channels as well. The English Ice Hockey Association have announced Phase 1 of their Return to Play programme is in effect as the sport attempts to restart following the coronavirus pandemic. This means players able to train and practice in small groups away from the ice rink, so the road back has begun. However, the EIHA have stressed Phase 2 would allow some practice on ice but is wholly dependent on the government giving rinks permission to open alongside other indoor leisure facilities which have been closed since March. We'll bring you all the signing news from around the country later in the show. This is the B.I.H. Show. B.I.H. The Big Interview. B.I.H. Well, it's been quite a week for our first guest this week on the B.I.H. Show. It's a man who's been quite possibly one of the busiest men in ice hockey the last few days. We've seen him talk about the departure of his head coach and he's here to talk to us now. It's the managing director of the Cardiff Devils himself, Todd Kelman. Todd, thank you so much for joining us on the show. As I say, quite a week for you. How do you reflect on the last few days and what's happened as you look back? Well, it's, I mean, it's been it's been a whirlwind, but um, I guess it was it was something we knew would eventually come to fruition for Andrew. And um, I mean, we have a relationship where we were, you know, like I think obviously other people were more shocked than I was because I've obviously been with him kind of the whole journey um, when he was talking to teams, originally talking to teams in Austria, and then eventually settling with the job offer in um, Greenville. But like. You know, every year when we when we've looked at this process, every year that he's been a coach, I've said, "Listen, if something comes up, I'd rather be the one helping you out and talking to you about it." So you have an, you know, because I mean, we bounce everything off each other: players, signings, player, you know, situations, player, um, everything. You know, he always, you know, as much as he's he's an unbelievable coach, but it's always nice to have someone to bounce ideas off of. Um, And uh, and I said, "Listen, when you're job hunting, you know, I want to be that guy. I want to help you out." And 
so I knew about it and uh, and I was you know I was very happy when he got the offer um, it was it was that whole situation where you're so happy for him you're so happy for the opportunity and then you're so sad that that he's going and then you know not not just because he's such a great coach but just such he's such a, a close friend and such a um, you know a big part of our organization but just a big part of my life too and and all of our lives like he's just you spend every basically every day with the same people and the same person and you have a lot of success together you get obviously very close so um you know i'm going to miss my coach i'm going to miss him as a person probably more so tell us about the timeline of how the move all came about leading up to obviously the press conference on friday when you you had the hard job of announcing it to everybody um i think he signed i, I mean i'm i mean i'm going to try my best to remember because i think he first interviewed for the job um, like he talked to the teams in Austria and I think everyone thought he was going to Austria and then he first the job with Greenville came up after um, the Austrian jobs there's a couple in Austria um, and uh, and then the Greenville one came up probably a couple weeks ago and I think he interviewed for it the first time maybe you know a week before like the, the it was a Thursday or Friday he interviewed for it I, I think, I'm sure it was the Friday so the Friday before we announced um, he first interviewed on for the Greenville job and it's one of those things where like I know what kind of person he is and I've interviewed enough coaches that if that guy applied for my coaching job you just I mean you're, he's gonna blow you away he's not gonna he's not just gonna do an interview he's probably gonna prepare and over prepare and and blow you away in the interview process and and um and you know that's that's what coaches need to do because it, it you know you look at CVs and you and and they all kind of look the same just it's it's just different team names you know and and um and, you know, I know I knew if he was getting on the phone or getting on a Zoom call with these guys, he was going to blow them away and be prepared. And he probably had every, you know, he probably dissected their team, their current team, probably the other teams in division. God only knows what else he did, but he would have been overly prepared, which would have blown away most, uh, you know, most people making the hire. So I was pretty confident that if he got interviewed, he was going to get the job. So, um, so you know, we, and then I think he signed officially maybe Wednesday or no, Tuesday, Tuesday night, Tuesday late night, he signed officially. And then he, like, I think he got the offer Sunday night. He took a day to go back and forth. And then I'm pretty sure Tuesday night he signed and Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure it would, it would be Tuesday though. Cause we needed a couple of days to get ready for Friday. So, um, and then, and then, um, yeah, then we, we were, we were raring to go on Friday and, uh, it was obviously a difficult uh, thing to get through, but I, you know, when he told me he was going, I said, okay, well, you're probably not going to want to do this, but we got to do a press conference because, you know, if, if this is a normal situation, we'd probably open up the arena and all the fan, you'd probably sell out the arena or not that we'd charge, but you know, there'd probably be 3000 people down here wanting to say goodbye and wanting to hear what he had to say. And I was like, we can't do that now because of COVID. So we've got to find a way to, 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 you know, give you the proper send off that you deserve. So, um, so that's what we did. We, you know, that's kind of what I came up with and I wanted to get, the guys, some of the players um, involved, and you know, we 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 would have loved to have all the players involved, and um, but we you know we just picked a handful of guys that we you knew we could get messages from in 24 hours. I think the last the last message came in at about 11 a.m. was when I you know we, we didn't want to tell anyone either, right? So I told I told the staff Thursday night. Um, so that's when everyone found out um, in our organization about 10 o'clock Thursday night, um, and obviously they were shocked, and I mean it was. And then after that, it was kind of like every time someone in the office or someone, anyone talked to him or 
um, you know, like we're all, we're, we're in and out of the office a bit on, on different schedules right now. And, and um, if anyone runs into him, it's kind of a <laughs> break, break down into tears. And then, um, cause I mean, we have a tight group here and you know, it's not just us, it's every team. Um, but you know, to have the same coach in this league in minor league sports in general for six years is something special. And um, especially from where he came from, you know, coming from basically never coaching to being such a successful coach. And it seems as well, I spoke to the, the Greenville president, uh, Todd Markham, earlier in the week as well, and he, he was quite blown away by the reaction from the Cardiff fans, and I think they seem to have a whole no, whole load of new fans as well. Yeah, I think, um, I honestly think they're Twitter followers. I think, I, I if I remember it correctly, I think it went up by nearly 3,000 since uh, since the announcement, which is which is great for them too. So, And you know what, I'm happy for them. They, they were very... They were very good. They were very respectful, um, the way they handled it and the way, you know, like we both kind of agreed. Like I said, listen, I'm not, I don't want to announce what team he's going to. That's your gig. That's your, you know, that's your positive PR that you want to announce. And I don't want to take that away from you. And likewise, you know, they didn't want to take away anything from us and, and let it, let us, you know, control the send off before that. So we were coordinating with them the whole time and, and, you know, total pros the whole way. And, and from their side of things, like um, imagine, Imagine having, you know, you hire a coach and you think wonder because, you know, there's, there, you don't know what kind of reaction you have because you might have a former player or a former team, uh, fan that say, oh, this guy's no good. But like to have that onslaught of positivity from players, from fans, from other opponents, you know, from other fan bases. I mean, the guys in Greenville got to be pumped about that. It's, it's the ideal reaction you want when you're hiring a new coach. So. You mentioned the fact that um, there was the possibility of going to Austria for Andrew yeah. um, some weeks yeah. or months ago. So had you already resigned yourself to the fact that this summer was he, he would probably leave? Um, well, I mean, to be honest with you, it, and it's not just because of the COVID thing, but like, um, you know, like with the success we've had, you, you got to kind of take it when, you know, I mean, I know we didn't win the league this year, but we, you know, we were first place and, and that would have been, quite a run of success for him and, and not that it's not that it's going to ha- you know that he wasn't going to have a, an off year but like how many years in a row do you have to perform before someone starts noticing you know and and it's it's a knock against our league I guess because um we're we're constantly battling to be more respected and and I think we're getting more respected but you know like you think of the run Corey Nielsen had in in Nottingham for how many years how much success he had to you know cups and playoffs five years in a row we probably you know, he he just it was an incredible run, and um, and people weren't really giving him a sniff. And then and then he he you know when he finally it was actually I think when they actually decided to move on from Corey, it gave him the opportunity to look around probably for the first time in a long time, and, and a job offer came up. And same with Tomo when he got you know when he got fired from Sheffield, well, you know he goes right into a DEL job because sometimes the best time to look for a job is mid season. You know you you notice a lot of guys it's harder to get a job maybe in the off season, but. I think the COVID thing has has had you know given teams a few more weeks uh, longer to look around and and to plan and, and when you're talking about teams in North America, they've had a few more weeks than normal to think of like affiliates and uh, who they want to deal with it and it just happened to fall into place because the the group that own um, Greenville um, they just took over Rapid City I think it was last season mm. turned it around from a, a franchise that was losing money to being success and I think they'll do the same thing um, in Greenville and, and there's so much potential but. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think it's, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I, I think this league, if you think compared to 10 years ago, um, even, even eight years ago, I mean, we were playing three line hockey still, it, you know, it was three, 
three ref or three line line uh, or three ref system instead of four line uh, man system. We were just starting out in the Champions League, so but now you know now here we are six years later, and we've got you know, we're do we're our league is doing well in the Champions League every year. We're holding our own. We're getting that respect in Europe. It's not this kind of like North American goon style league that it had a reputation for in the at the start of the Elite League and in the Super League. Um, you're getting more skilled players coming over here. You're attracting more skilled players. Um, and crowds are good. And, and, and I think, you know, honestly, being in the CHL is probably the best thing for this league because it's it's made people notice that it's a respectful league and that there are, you know, good arenas and great fan bases and tons of following and, and all that kind of stuff that I think a lot of the European leagues didn't realize we had before. So now you're tasked with the, the job of having to replace Andrew, which I'm sure is, is difficult yeah. already, never mind the, the history of success that he's had. So does it make it all the more imperative that you, you get this appointment absolutely right? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, you know, to be honest with you, the, the first coach that we just kind of took a flyer on was Andrew Lord, <laughs> as, in, as in, like, we didn't really do much research, um, but, like, other than Franny, uh, Neil Francis, telling us he was the right man, but... Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's two schools of thought. Like I, I think of the coaches that I've, that I've spent time hiring and, and, you know, like when my, in my time in Belfast, it was, you know, I, the first coach I had to hire, like obviously when I became a GM, I was working with one coach and then he left, Ed Courtney left and I was in the position to be hiring a new coach. And I, and I went with an unproven coach, but a person I knew very well in Steve Thornton, I'd played with him. I'd seen that he had been recruiting and, and bench coaching in Basingstoke. And I thought that's, you know, I know him well. I know he's a smart guy. I know he's got great connections. Guys loved him as a player and talking to the people in Basingstoke, they, the, the players loved playing for him behind the bench. And, and so he was a rookie coach really in, when I brought him to Belfast and he had, he had great success, three trophies in two years. And then Doug Christensen had been a player coach in Edinburgh and um, everyone thought, wow, you're hiring, you know, like a, a coach who's kind of for a lower end team and another coach, in the league, and uh, there was there was people that were not happy that we hired Doug Christensen in Belfast because we were coaching, we were hiring the guy from Edinburgh, and and he had great success in Belfast, and you know still I think maybe one of the the best records in the history, maybe the best record in the history of the EIHL. I know the league's very different now, but um, had tremendous relationship with him and tremendous success with Doug, and and still stand. I was actually talking to him yesterday. Um, you know, very close with him, always have been, and he he's back in the East Coast League, so he. Um, he's actually, you know, he talks regularly with Andrew Lord as well because, you know, it's all about networking and everything like that. But he's he's um, done well for himself. And, and he was like, I mean, the first coach really to, to make the jump from our league. But, it, I mean, he went back to North America and, and had to, um, he was he was like a head of recruitment for the USHL, a junior league, for three years before he got back into coaching. But just that network, just being over there, just networking with people and getting to know people. And then, and then it was actually a former... Uh, Former player we had in Belfast that hired him, Rich Seeley, um, who's the GM of the Ontario Reign now, and and he hired Doug, um, which you know that's how he got back into it. But but what I'm saying is like you know this Andrew Lord going across these coast league is great for like the, the the happiest people should be the other coaches in this league because and and not because he's gone but because he's going there and and you're you're hoping he has the success he had here because if they have any aspiration to go back to North America ever. And I mean, there's some great coaches in this league. And if they if they want to go across there, you want him to do well. And it's like if a player left, like if a player went from our league to the DEL, you want him to light it up because then, then they'll start to look at our league more. Um, and so I think, you know, coaches that want to advance, that maybe want to make the jump across in North America, 
um, you know, like the first one that comes to mind is Adam Keefe. He, 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 you know, he'll probably be one of the next guys to go, I think. And, and he should hope that Andrew Lord does well. And, and, um, and obviously like he's got a brother that's coaching in NHL now. And, but like Adam Keefe might be coaching the East coast league or maybe an assistant job in the American league in a couple of years, which we all should want our coaches to move on. You know, we, we coaches aren't going to coach here for 10 or 15 years, you know, but, uh, but it was, I mean, the hardest thing is the fan base here. The fan base love them and all, you know, we all love them. And, and it was the outpouring of emotion. Um, it, it's, you know, the, the poor guy coming in next is going to have big shoes to fill, you know? Um, the good thing, I guess, as far as with our team is that like, you know, I'm a big believer that like you can, you can lose your superstar player, you can lose your coach. And as, if you have a good core of people, you know, it'll be less of a, of, of an issue than if you replace everyone. Like, you know, like there, there are seasons where you have to overhaul your whole team where you, you know, you're bringing in 15 new players or 12 new players and a new coach. There's no, there's no symmetry from the year before where, um, you have, or, or I guess a better word is continuity, um, or maybe even you know having the solid core of, of, of guys, and like we have that. We, I mean, you know, I mean, like you, the coach coming in here has Joey Martin, Andrew, uh, sorry, Joey Martin, um, Stephen Dixon. Uh, I always call him Andrew Dixon. I went to school with a guy <laughs> named Andrew Dixon, and then my goal, my goalie in Belfast was Andrew Dixon for so many years. But um, yeah, uh, Stephen Dixon, Mark Richardson. Joey Martin, Joey Haddad, like that's a pretty good start. And, yeah. and there's more, and I mean, Lord alluded to the fact that we have more of our core signed up, um, but we just haven't told people. And that's true. Like we, you know, we, we sign guys early and we've si- we signed guys before the season was over and uh, we just don't necessarily tell everyone. So we've got more names, returning names to come. Obviously we always do that. We, you know, we're a team that sort of makes between, you know, five to six changes every year. And that's kind of the plan. Um, but uh but yeah, like, and, and that's good. Like I've talked to, I've talked to a few of the guys already and, and uh, whether it was by, you know, text or WhatsApp or, or, or on the phone. Um, and they're like, listen, you know, we've got a great core. We've got a good, a mature group. Like no one's, none of the players are, are losing their mind over. They obviously all, if it, it's quite the opposite. They're like, this is a great opportunity for Lordo. They're all very positive about that, but they're like, we'll be, we'll be okay. Like we're going to miss them, but we, you know, we still are this mature group and they still are coming to work to planning to win. You know, they're not, they're not going to be like, Oh Christ, we're in a rebuilding stage now for the next three or four years because our coach left, you know? And the, and the good thing is like Lordo's like, you know, who that's who I'm going to talk to Lordo and Franny, who's, or who is who I'm going to talk to about the new coach. And we're going to, we're going to, you know, they're going to be in on the recruitment process. And obviously the owners will be at the final stage, but like even at the final stage, we'll probably include the, you know, the, the, um, some of the core of the guys that we have now, because I want to make sure that the coach, you know, I could I could click with a coach and think that he's the, the right guy, but I want I want the key guys on my team to be able to click with him too. So, so the sixty four thousand dollar question: Have you started the search for a replacement yet? And as we speak, it is Sunday night. We are recording this, so yeah. I'm mindful of the fact that I, this was I generally only Friday. I, I generally haven't started, but that doesn't say that we haven't. I mean, I probably had ten resumes by the time that we the press conferences would even went live and i probably have 40 or 50 now um you know like it, and i'm not trying to pump our own tires here in cardiff but we've got a really good situation here and and if you're a coach and you you i mean coaching jobs usually are two to three years kind of thing and, and they either move on or they get fired or whatever and and um you know 
here we had we had a coach for six years and and kind of like my my thing has always been like you know like Steve Thornton Steve Thornton would have probably coached for a long long time in Belfast but he had a job opportunity in in Canada at the time that was significantly more money and and at the time he wanted to explore that and that's why he left and Doug actually left to go to Sheffield um, and. Well, that didn't work out now, did it? <laughs> but, but, but like Doug probably would have coached a long, long time as well. Um, I, you know, I could, I could have worked with him for a long time. So I, I try to find guys that I personally, that I click with, um, and that I, that I plan to work with for a long time. And, um, and, um, so, I mean, I'm looking for a guy that, and that's part of the thing, right? Like, so if you have a guy, you know, if, if you think, okay, well, maybe they're going to get a young guy that, could be there for a few years or maybe they're going to get a guy an older guy that has is on his way back and has been in north america or in europe and they want to settle down and, and be part of something for the next five six years but i i don't know where my head's at right now because i want to see what comes through and and um if we find a guy that we think this could be the next andrew lord and maybe there's maybe there's a player out there that we find on our team or on some other team that wants to be the next andrew lord and we think wow i I didn't think like that, but wow, he blew us away in the interviews and he blew us away with the presentations and uh, we're going to go with it. Or maybe we think, no, we want a steady hand that's been doing this for a few years or we want a guy with North American experience or we want a guy with European experience. I mean, the, 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 the part of the coaching role is there's, you need to be, you need to be very good at video um, because in this day and age, video is the, the best uh, teaching tool and the best learning tool. Um, you need to, you know, I think be able to control a team and to be, fit into the culture that we have. Like, like we have a great culture here and uh, someone's going to come in and kind of take the reins. We don't need someone to come in and change everything. We don't need someone to come in and be like, okay, rip all that stuff down, rip that stuff down. We're doing it my way. And I would tear this apart and tear this apart. We're doing it this way. And we're not doing, you know, we, we've got a, a good system here that's worked for a number of years. And, um, and we want someone that's going to come in and recognize that and understand that, you know, also the other thing is like, it's, you know, it's a weird situation knowing that the league's the big one. And I, I said that in the, in the press conference, like that is a, that's a tough one to grasp, right? <laughs> is that, that the league one is the most important one. Um, that, that, you know, like the, a lot of these coaches that have coached, well, coached anywhere else in the world, you, you can lose a game on Saturday in October or, you know, a Sunday afternoon game in September. And we, we can't, you know, um, that's, that's the, the the way this league is Sunday in September is just as important as um, you know Saturday in March kind of thing. I guess this year there won't be a Sunday in September, so they don't have to worry about that one. But um, but you know you know what I mean. This is the Bih Show. Puckmaster. Bih. Time for some Puckmaster and a chance for one of our elite league players to see if he's any good in terms of his knowledge compared to what he's like on the ice. I'm delighted to say joining us for this one is Belfast Giants forward Kieran Long. Kieran, thank you so much for your time on this. We all know how your uh, your coronavirus pandemic's been from your point of view. How did you get on with the, the charity fundraising in the end? Yeah, no, it was really good. Um, we managed to raise just shy of £1,800 for the NHS. Fantastic. Um, which was uh, more than I expected or hoped for. So it was a successful little event. Absolutely, and a great amount of money. How were you at the end of it after after such a long time in front of a screen? Oh, I was just, my eyes were shot. <laughs> I was absolutely shot. I cried one of the best nights sleep I've had 
in lockdown. Well, I'll bet it was. Well, never mind your eyes, it's your brain we're interested in on this one. I <laughs> <laughs> so, if you've heard it before, 10 questions, 3 points per correct question. Um, bonus questions are in there as well. They're worth 6. And I get you to choose from one of the two following categories. So we're looking at over the border or the numbers game. Over the border or the numbers game. Oh, numbers game. Numbers game for you. All right. Okay, when you're ready, we'll get started. Here we go. Question one for Puckmaster. And you should get this one. Who's the current head coach of Guilford Flames? Oh, uh, Mr. Dixon himself. I'll give you that. Paul Dixon, absolutely right. Okay, question two. Last season, if Danik Gauthier... Faced off against Mathieu Toussignon, which two teams would you be watching? Oh my word, I should know that. Um, who are the two players again, sorry? Danik Gauthier or Mathieu Toussignon? <laughs> I'm going to go with Glasgow and Nottingham. You've got one, you've got one, um, and I'll give you two points for that one because I'm feeling generous. Five Flyers was the other one. Danik Gauthier plays for That's five, okay. and Mathieu yeah. Toussignon is at the Panthers. Okay, yeah. numbers game. Your first question in your bonus category. Number 88 was the preferred number for which Sheffield Steelers forward last season? Oh, 88 last year. Quite high up in the scoring charts. I'm going to throw it in Oh, God, I can't even think now. Trying to go through Sheffield. I can't even think of the Brits. For some reason, Brits did not wear 88. I'll have to pass. You're going to pass on that one. Yeah. You'll kick yourself. It was Mark Olivier Valoran. Oh, idiot. <laughs> okay, back to your regular questions. Question four. What is the name of the brother of Manchester Storm captain Dallas Earhart, who made Travis. his debut? It's Travis. Didn't even finish the question. Debut for GB in the Olympic qualifiers earlier this year. Another three points on the board. All right, question five. Against which team did Leeds Chiefs record their first ever win? In the NIHL National League last season. Oh, um, Leeds Chiefs. Who did they? I'm pretty. I should know this. I'm going to have to apologise to the Leeds boys, <laughs> especially Sammy. Um, I'm going to say, oh, Chef. No, 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 no. We'll go Blackburn. Blackburn. Blackburn went in that. Not one. Blackburn. Sorry, <laughs> not Blackburn. Um, Billingham. Billingham. It was not. It was Raiders. Oh, no way. Raiders, they beat them 4-0, also recorded their first shutout as well. Back to your bonus category, uh, it's the numbers game, and your second question in that. How many clubs in the Elite League has Barry McKenzie played for? Oh, bad. And it's um, a record. <laughs> right, let's have a think about this. One, two, ah, six. That's your answer? Yeah. It's eight. Barry's played for Holy eight teams in the Elite bats. League. Yep. Yep, I've not even written them down, but the four Scottish teams, Belfast, yeah. Basingstoke, I think, is one. Um, oh. Cardiff, and one other I can't think of. That's what I, I get for not writing down. The Basingstoke one. <laughs> Should have known. Should have known Basingstoke. Okay, number seven. Since the Elite League began in 2003, how many times have Sheffield Steelers won the playoffs? Oh, six. Oh, you're just one out. It was five. Oh, they won, won the league five six times. times. Yeah. Oh, there we no. go. Okay, question eight. In which year did the Cardiff Devils move into Ice Arena Wales, known these days, of course, as the Viola Arena? Um, oh, when did they leave the tent? Um, I'm going to say maybe... Do you say what year? What year, yep. Uh, no, 2015? Oh, you're a year out, Kieran. 2016. No. <laughs> Come on. 2016, oh dear. Okay, you should get this one. 
for the numbers game. This is your last question in your bonus category. So if you add Jordan Smotherman's number at Belfast, which is 14, with teammate Lewis Hooks, number 8, whose jersey at the Giants do you come up with? Kevin Rain. Kevin Rain, straight off the bat. There you go. There we go. Six points for that one. And your last question, number 10. Which team won the last ever English Premier League before it disbanded in 2017? Oh, um, I should know this. 100% should know this. Oh, I'm going to say, I'm pretty sure it's Milton Keynes. Yeah. yeah. You going with that? Yeah. Telford Tigers. Oh, Kieran. Telford Tigers. Milton Keynes finished second, so I could see I could see your thinking on that one. Um, but no, Tom Watkins and his Telford Tigers team won that one. 14 points, not the worst score we've had. All but right, uh, that last bonus question really bailed you out, so yeah. you can take some comfort from that. How did you find it? Yeah, it was good. I should have done better, though. should have done better. <laughs> Disappointed myself. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to quickly have a look at back at that year. And see where Basingstoke finished. <laughs> Fantastic. Hell yeah, but yeah, good stuff. I should know EPL questions. I've spent so too long in it. I get the feeling you're going to be kicking yourself the rest of the day on this one. Yeah, I am. <laughs> well, Kieran, thank you so much for taking part in Puckmaster. As I say, it's all a bit of fun, so don't so don't let yeah. it bother you too much. Um, but yeah. all the best, and hopefully we'll see you back in there soon enough. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is the BIH show. B- I-H Teammates B-I-H Time for my favourite part of the show now where we get one of the players to talk about his teammates and as I looked at the teams we've done already I realised there was one team we hadn't done and that was the Dundee Stars so for that I've brought in their forward Jordan County to tell us all about the guys he's played with Jordan, welcome to the B-I-H show welcome to Teammates uh, how's things been going for you in the last few weeks? Um, all good, thanks mate obviously thanks for having me on the show uh, it'll be good to come uh, speak about my teammates and give you a little insight uh, to what's going on behind closed doors. But as a whole, everything's kind of been going fine. I mean, just, just kind of doing what we can to keep ticking on and, uh, yeah, just staying healthy and safe. So, yeah, it's been fine. I've been impressed with the engagement that the club have been doing as well. There's been some articles on the website, the, the, the live show they do on a Friday night as well with Omar and one of the, the former players as well. I'm surprised they haven't had you on yet. Craig, you're breaking up a little bit. I've got. I only got half that question, mate. I think I. I think I knew what you were trying to say. But. Right here we go. Right, let's pause and then go again. And Dundee, they've been very well done, very well with the, the fan engagement. Some articles on the website, the live show on YouTube on a Friday night as well. Have they not had you on it yet? I know. I've. I've actually not had the, the invite to to go on yet. But I. I've been. Uh, I've been watching most of the most of the live shows, and I think what uh, Pash and Swanee have been doing, obviously keeping all the fans engaged and. Obviously, together as a little community, it's been great. And obviously, the guests they've been getting on too. I think they've been going for more like throwback players as of just now. But it's been interesting to listen to some of the to the people that have played for the club before. And obviously, they all have good things to say. So it's a it's a pretty cool thing they have going on. And I'm sure everyone's enjoying it as much as I am. Good. Right. So I've sent you the questions for teammates. You've had a wee think and you've got some answers for me. So let's start with them. And the first question: Who is the best hockey player? So, for me, on our ice hockey team, I would have to say, overall, the best hockey player would have to be... He's going to laugh for me saying this, but it's, uh, I would have to say Anthony. All over uh, the ice, just a solid player. I mean, in the, maybe not in the D zone sometimes, he could, uh, he's, a, he's only a little guy, so some of the big guys and they push him around, but 
I think his overall heart, the way he reads the game, and just just the, he has a he has a little bit of every game. So I think, uh, yeah, seeing the way Anthony played last year, I was really impressed with his game, and yeah, I'm sure the the Stars fans will be really happy that he's back for next year. Certainly are. Uh, so who's the Joker then? <laughs> the Joker. Well, we had I had I had quite a few for this one to be fair, because uh, obviously most teams have a lot of good guys. I mean, hockey is one of those sports where. Most guys are nice guys, so I was quite lucky this year. I had a I had a stall made really funny, Riley O'Connor, and he he's he made it really enjoyable for me to come to the rink every day. And he was always one of those guys that was just really really easy going, and nothing seemed to phase him, regardless of what was going on in our lives or with hockey. He'd always come to the rink with a smile, and he'd always get me laughing and stuff. So it was pretty fun sitting next to him, and yeah, he made the the year a lot of fun. Right, who's the best dancer? <laughs> Um, well, you you probably know yourself of all these guys. They're all into uh, line dance and rodeos <laughs> and stuff like that. But I think uh, the only person I could that really really stands out is we had a we had a Christmas party at Team House this year, and obviously uh, I don't think we played for a few days, so there was obviously a few drinks and stuff like that. So. Uh, all the girlfriends were there, and before you know it, uh, a couple of the Alberta boys had uh, country music on. And next thing you know, they were all flipping the girls around the living room and stuff like that. So I'd have to say, like a, a Gansey or a Stovey, like Alberta guys, who are well into their country dancing, and that kind of thing. So I'd have to say those guys. Craig Gans and Bright Stoven, fantastic. So yeah. who's got the worst taste in music then? Is that, does this directly follow on for what you were saying about country music or is there someone else in mind? Well, it's, it's, it's kind of hand in hand. I mean, the <laughs> season. <laughs> we, we had a, me and Gansey had a bit of beef over the, the stereo in the locker room, but we had a, we had a good thing going. If, if I was able to win a game, then my kind of rap and dance music would would be playing. And then if, if I lost one, he'd take, the, take a go on at the next the next night, but uh, yeah, his music was pretty questionable. When uh, when Gansey was on the iPod, most guys had headphones, so I think that says it all. <laughs> <laughs> so when you look around your, your locker room, which of your teammates is likely to be a coach when they when they progress further through the game as they get older? Um, I think I think this one's probably the most obvious one you've asked me, and I think that was our captain, Mags Matt Marquad. I mean, uh, I've played on, I've played with a lot of experienced, uh, good. Good players with good resumes. And the way the way Mags was able to to lead our such a young group as well, and the way he got the attention and the respect from all the younger guys, and just as just as overall leadership in the room was, yeah, he's a he's he's miles past anyone in in terms of close to being a coach. I'd say the thing about Mags, just when you say that, the times I've interviewed him, and I haven't interviewed him too much um, during his time here in the UK. But he always speaks very well. You know, he speaks like you would expect a coach to speak, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, uh, my two years I've played with Mags now. So as, as soon as, as soon as he arrived on his first day, there was a just a, a bit of an aura about him. Like his presence was was definitely felt. And obviously, Pash Pash is a pretty vocal coach as well. But once Pash had said his bit before games or whatever, Mags was Mags was talking to the guys right up until we went out for the game pretty much so there was so much leadership and so much quality that he didn't only bring on the ice but off the ice too he was a huge asset so who's the fastest <laughs> i think you could probably answer that one who do you think's the fastest i'm trying to remember um <laughs> who, 
who scored five backhand, five hole break against oh. Glasgow this year? Oh man, was it Bodycard? No, you DeFore. put me on the spot there. Before, before Kevin Defoe. Kevin Defoe, of course it was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's a hell of a sleep fast skater. So I think most fans in the know the the legal know of him through uh, getting so many breakaways. That's why. I, that's why I asked the questions, Jordan. That's why I asked. Yeah. The questions. <laughs> right. Who's got the worst dress since? Oh, well, we had a couple really, really bad ones this year, but uh, I think uh, our backup, Brighton Priest, his uh, his dress game wasn't too great. So uh, yeah, he was kind of he kind of went down that American look with the the plain the plain t shirt with the checkered shirt over the top, and it was kind of just his go to look week in week out. So yeah, I'd have to say Priest, sir, he, he was pretty poor. He said American look. He's Welsh, isn't he? He's Welsh, yeah, but yeah. I think he done a bit of time in America, so I'm guessing yeah. he's brought that type of type of clobber <laughs> back with him, and he probably should have just left it there. <laughs> <laughs> so, who's the biggest moaner in the Dundee locker room? Um, uh, I'd have to say uh, I thought about this one quite hard as well. And Craig Garrigan, he loves it one to himself. Obviously, uh, being one of the one of our youngest guys, obviously. Yeah, being one of the younger guys, the coach is usually quite on your back at times, may it be practice or whatnot. So uh, it gives me a good giggle on practice when uh, Pash has a go at Gaz for something and he throws a little <laughs> tantrum on the on the bench in between drills or whatever. Is it little things as well? Does he moan about little things like maybe the wrong type of biscuits are sitting there or, <laughs> or is or, or something's wrong with his equipment, know. stuff like that as well? Uh, no, I mean, he's pretty easy going in that sense, but uh, just, just in terms on the ice, he loves a little moan about kind of everything that's going on so he was the first one that popped into my head so, <laughs> so who's most likely to get in a fight <laughs> uh, i think it's the obvious one as well uh one of my very very close friends chris he's always always seems to be ready to to go when he's called upon and i think that's just uh just a good good feature he's always had in his personality if if one of his friends or his uh, teammates is in trouble then he's always going to be there to help him and i think that's a good trait to have as a friend definitely right next couple of questions might get you in bother most intelligent so i uh, i actually lived with dryden dowie this year he was uh, my roommate so i he was on the the university program and i was so impressed with what i was able to see of him doing with his school and stuff, so I would have to say him and another university guy, Jagger Dirk. When you were in a conversation with these two guys, it was it was one of those things when you could just you could just tell the intelligence coming off of both of them through the way they speak and what they were speaking about. So yeah, I was I was impressed by the intelligence of two guys, that's for sure. <laughs> so who's the least intelligent? I think this is one that might get you in trouble. <laughs> well, uh, obviously I said O'Connor. He sat on one side of me in the locker room. On the other side, uh, I had a uh, Colton Croker. And uh, I think uh, I, I'd only met Crokes a couple months and I was kind of thinking to myself, this, this guy's a little bit, uh, I don't know, like wired up differently, a little bit slower. And then I think it was like week, uh, month two or three and he told me when he was a kid, he'd actually been run over by a car around three, four times. So that kind of explains a lot about him. How, yeah, I think he's quite a stupid guy, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> don't <feel bad. laughs> So yeah. Final question. Who's the longest in the show? <laughs> uh, well, I was actually speaking to Chris Ingalls this week and I was going through the questions with him, just trying to get his insight on them. And, and unknown to me, I used to think watching Soccer AM back in the day that this was actually who took the long in the shower. But he told me that that wasn't the case. So... <laughs> Don't spoil the mystique. <laughs> 
So uh, I had to. Uh, we weren't. We weren't overly gifted this. To be honest, uh, I'd have to say uh, the goalie Clarky, and that was maybe just the best of a bad bunch. To be honest, but yeah, I'd have to say uh, Alex Leclerc, and that was just by not much. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a funny feeling you've just shut this feature down, Jordan. Thanks for that. <laughs> I've been locked down too long. I'm getting too on it. <laughs> anyway, no, that was great, Jordan. Great to hear. And obviously, the important thing in, in a locker room is the sense of humour among the, the players, and it's always it's always fun to hear. Um, how much feedback do you expect to get from from this when the guys hear it? <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll obviously I'll give them the heads up. This going, I'll give them a listen and see what they say, but. I'll probably get chirped from a couple guys, but it's all fun, so we'll see what happens. Brilliant, Jordan. Thanks for your time on uh, on Teammates, and thanks for joining us on the BIH Show. Take care, yourself. Okay, Craig. Thanks, mate. You're listening to the BIH Show. BIH. Pugmaster. BIH. Pugmaster time, and time to test the knowledge of our next guest who's joining us. It's freelance broadcaster himself, John O'Bullard. John O, thanks for joining us on Pugmaster. How much are you looking forward to this? I'm quite looking forward to it. I just hope I don't embarrass myself, is the main thing. <laughs> well, the, the scores we've had range from 24, which was Carlo Finucci, um, mm. to 12 by Aaron Murphy. So I reckon if you're in between there, you're doing okay. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be happy with in between that. Middle for diddle, <laughs> it'll be, be great. Good stuff. <laughs> right, well, we've, we've spoken about the format already. You know, at 10 questions, three points each. There are three bonus questions in there, which are six points each. And the two categories I'm about to put to you um, is between the pipes or over the border. Uh, between the pipes, please. Between the pipes, okay. Right, that's your bonus category. I've got ready here with a bit of paper with your score. That's fine. Right, let's get started. Here comes Puckmaster. Question one. Danny Stewart became head coach of Coventry Blaze in 2016. Who was the only other EHI, EIHL team he was head coach of? Newcastle Vipers. Newcastle Vipers, bang on. 2010-11 season, proves to be their last season in the top flight, sadly. Okay, number two, Mark Richardson, recently re-signed for the Cardiff Devils. For how many seasons has he played with them in his career? I think it's 13. 13, you going with that? Yeah. You'll be right. Another three points, Uh, well done. That's six out of six so far. Okay, between the pipes, your first bonus question. Since joining the Elite League in 2011, which five Flyers goalie is the only one to have stayed at the club for two consecutive seasons? I'm going to say Owen. Oh, I think I'm probably I'm sure wrong. I'm thinking that it's Kevin Regan. And he was there between 2013 and 15. Mm. Owen did play for two seasons, mm. but it was split 16, 17, and 18, 19. So no points on that one. Mm. Okay, next question. Sean Easton is the head coach of which NIHL National League side? Oh, is it Sheffield Steel Dogs? Not. Um, mm. It's Raiders. Oh, it's the Raiders he's in charge of. Um, it's Ben Morgan who's in charge at the Sheffield Morgan, yes, Dogs. <laughs> right, question five. Um, I'll see how your NHL knowledge is. Complete this sequence of Stanley Cup winners. Chicago Blackhawks, LA Kings, Chicago Blackhawks again, Pittsburgh Penguins, the team I'm looking for, Washington Capitals and St. Louis Blues. Who's the missing one? Between the Penguins and the Capitals. I think, I, think, I, think Pitts, I think Pittsburgh were the runners up as well. Uh, Who was it? Who was it? He's putting a lot of thought into this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going to have to have a guess that's probably wrong. I'll go for Boston. Boston? I'm afraid not. It was the Penguins no. again. Penguins yeah. won it two years Damn in a row. Damn it. Damn it. Points for that one. <laughs> Back to your bonus category between the pipes. Jody Lehman played for seven years between the BNL 
and the EIHL between 2002 and 2009, with, of course, Coventry and the Sheffield Steelers. How many league titles did he win? I think he won two with Coventry and two with Steelers. I'm going to go four. Four? It was three. <sighs> you got three. You got a BNL crown in 2003 and then two in the EIHL in 2005 mm. and 2009. There we are. Okay. Back to general ice hockey. Number seven, Matt Marquardt has spent the last two seasons with the Dundee Stars. Which club did he first join when he came to the UK in 2016? Uh, that was Sheffield. It was Coventry. Oh, God. Oh Coventry, Blaze. It was. Yeah. Yep, you went to Sheffield the year mm. after. And as I say, last two years with Dundee. Okay, question eight. Despite being officially retired from playing, Zach Fitzgerald played five games for the Glasgow clan in 2019-20 due to injuries to the team. How many penalty minutes did he pick up? I'm going to go with zero. Is that, is that your gut take? No, I, I, that, that, is, that is a gut instinct. I, I don't know. It's a complete guess. I'm just going to completely go off the scale and say he didn't get any. Bang on. No penalty yeah. minutes for Zach last season. Well done. There we go. Three points on the board. Right, your final question in your bonus category between the pipes. Ben Bounds made a memorable and magnificent save for GB in the World Championships last year in the 6-3 defeat against the USA against a player who went on to be drafted oh. in the NHL with New Jersey Devils. What was his name? The player he denied. You can see the save, can't you? I can, I can yeah, see I can see the save. I just can't remember. I can't remember his name. And I don't... I'm not as up on the NHL as a lot of other people. I'm, mind you, judging by this, I'm not up on a lot of other things. <laughs> um, oh, and I, uh, I, 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 his name's just not coming to me. I'm going to have to pass. Not even a guess? Oh, somebody Jones? Ah, uh, uh, no. Jack Hughes. Jack, Jack Hughes, Hughes yes. Jack Hughes. Uh. Okay, final question. We'll put you out of your misery with this one. <laughs> In the SNL, which town would you find the Kestrels? Uh, Kakadi. Kakadi. There we go. Mm. Well, that's your turn up, Jono. And mm. I can tell you 12 points was your 12. score for that one. Okay, 12 that's... points. Same as Murph. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take that. Same as Murph. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> And the good side for Murph is he's not alone. He's not alone. He <laughs> might take some solace from that one as well. So, what did you think of that, Jono? Was it as hard as, as you expected? It was. It, you know what? There was a couple of questions. That Marquard one was really, really... Sorry. Sorry about that. Lucy just burst in. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. Does she want a shot? Uh, <laughs> Does she want a shot? <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she'd just go, Brendan Connolly is very naughty and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the the Mac Marquard one. I, I I remember him playing for Sheffield, and of course, you, you then you, you sort of lose the fact that you played for Coventry first. It's it, when you're under pressure, it's very difficult. I think if I if I probably had you know a minute to answer each question, then it will probably have <laughs> done a bit better. But yeah. when you're under pressure, it's tough. But oh, yeah, well. the Penguins one, I'm disappointed with. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a curveball that one on my part. Yeah, so, but uh, no, it's. Uh... It was what it was. But, Jono, thank you so much for taking part. Um, just a quick word, Cats Whiskers podcast, my top line, doing very well at the moment. Um, who yeah. have you had on that so far? Uh, we've, we've had, uh, well, we've had uh, Steph Litchfield, who the Panthers announcer, he's been on. We've had Paul Scooby Carruthers, the ex-Tall Stingrays announcers. It was a great show. Uh, we've uh, just done uh, Ed Kimberley uh, from Coventry Blaze webcast. Craig Simpson, who's does Great Britain mm. he chose his Great Britain team uh, we've got Chris Ellis coming on all being well very very shortly and uh, your good self is coming as well to do a Glasgow team yes, that's right very nice of you to ask me I'm looking forward to doing it excellent good stuff well Jono thank you so much for joining us on the BIH show and doing Puckmaster 
you and Murph can have yourself a little hug when you can <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can get together again soon <laughs> pleasure Craig thanks for asking me from britishitehockey.co.uk this is BIH News Let's bring you up to date with all the signing news from around the leagues and it's been another relatively quiet week in the top flight with only one new signing coming in. Dundee Stars have announced they've snapped up defenceman Michael Poirier from the University of Ottawa. The 24-year-old has spent the last four years in new sports and will be immediately reunited with his teammate Connor Sills who also joined Omar Pasha's side recently. Leaving the Elite League is Challenge Cup winning defenceman Joseph Harabel who has left Sheffield Steelers to join Czech second-tier side Prerov. Also Glasgow clan netminder Patrick Clean has decided to retire from the sport after two years in the Elite League. He first signed for MK Lightning in 2018 from Italian side Ritten Sport before he joined the clan last summer. And joining him in the retirement lounge is teammate Scott Tansky, who ends his two-year association with the Glasgow side, stuck on 499 career appearances and denied his 500th because of the coronavirus. The two players are the third and the fourth to retire from the sport after playing for the clan last season, following Lyndon Springer and Jordan Haywood, who also called time on their careers. In the NIHL National League, Lewis Bell has re-signed with the Sheffield Steel Dogs. Jack Goodchild, 17-year-old, has signed with Swindon Wildcats but can play for Wildcats in NIHL 1 South and has also signed a two-way deal with Raiders 2 in NIHL 2 South. Jake Sylvester has re-signed with the Raiders. Ross Green, a defenceman, has re-signed with Milton Keynes Lightning and Scott Robson is back with the Peterborough Phantoms. NIHL 1 South, Adam Andrews has re-signed with Oxford City Stars. The defenceman is joined by Matt Lodi, the forward, he's back at the club as well. Netminder Nate Gregory has re-signed with Streatham. Connor Mellett has re-signed with MK Thunder. Drew Campbell is back with the Solent Devils. And Owen Dell is leaving Invicta Dynamos to go to Germany to sign for Krefeld's under-20 side. The 17-year-old was the most supporters player of the year award. And we're hoping to get a word with Owen later in the week. Well done to him. NIHL 2 South, Sam Jackson, the defenceman, has signed for Haringey Huskies after taking a year out of the game. He'll be joined by Joseph Willingham and Sam Park, both forwards, who've both re-signed with the Huskies once again. In the SNL, Lewis Gold has re-signed with Murrayfield Racers and he'll be joined on the roster by Chad Smith. The former five forward went to Glasgow Clan last season but has opted to join the SNL side for next year. And in Kirkcaldy, two more names added to their list. It's Finlay King and George Pitcaithley, forwards both signing for the club. On to international news now. The venues for next year's World Championships for all age groups was announced by IIHF. Cheryl Smith's GB women's team are in Division 2 Group A and they're going to Jacka in Spain. Dates to be confirmed and they'll be in the group with Latvia, Spain, Mexico, Korea and Chinese Taipei. GB under-20s men are going to Brasov in Romania. They'll be up against Italy, Lithuania, the host Romania of course, Spain and Korea. Under-18 men are going to Tallinn, Estonia be up against Lithuania, Estonia, Romania, Korea and Serbia. And the GB under-18s women are hosting in Dumfries between the 19th and 22nd of January 2021 in Division 2 Group A. And they'll be up against the Netherlands, Australia, Spain and one other team to be confirmed. On the BIH website we've got the full interview with Greenville Swamp Rabbits President Todd Mackin about the appointment of Andrew Lord plus comment on Lord's legacy with the Devils. All that and more on BritishIceHockey.co.uk and that is your roundup for this week. This is the BIH Show. Once again, that's all we've got time for this week. Fancy your chances on Puckmaster and think you could do better than Kieran or Jono? 
Drop us a direct message on Twitter at Brit Ice Hockey or on Facebook and register your interest to take part. We'd love to have you on board. Next week we'll have another Dream First Line, another Punkmaster, maybe two, and whatever else we can come up with, so don't miss out. My thanks this week to Todd Kelman, Jordan County, Kieran Long and John O'Bullard for their participation. And as always, my thanks to producer Stuart Priest for his fine work. If you've any ideas about possible features for the BIH show, get in touch with us on Twitter at BIH Craig or at Brit Ice Hockey or by email Craig.anderson at BritishIceHockey.co.uk and keep your eye on British Ice Hockey for features, news and blogs as we keep you updated throughout the summer. The website, BritishIceHockey.co.uk In the meantime, stay safe, wash your hands, maintain social distancing guidelines and be careful when you do go out. And we'll have hockey back soon enough. I'm Craig Anderson and we'll talk to you soon on the BIH Show. Bye for now. Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.